Amen. You can have a seat. You know, it feels like with our families, sometimes there's no place to hide, right? They know, they know it all. They know all about us. They know the good stuff, like when we really build into them, encourage them, make them feel special, do stuff for them. They know that stuff, and then they know the times that we acted like a jerk, right? I mean, they know that stuff because we're so close, and it happens to all of us. I can remember back 30 years ago, not long after Leanne and I got married, um, it was difficult financially, okay, right? Because she was in school, I was working this job that didn't pay great, and our budget was like, you pay the bills, you get food and gas, and that's about really all there was. So we were both constantly, especially me, worried about money. And I can remember going to the grocery store one night, and then the next morning we got up and we sat down to have breakfast, and um, well, we were eating cereal because cereal's the cheapest thing, so that's what we had every day. And Leanne opened a box, brand new box of cereal we got the night before, and she began to pour it, and something slipped, and that whole box of cereal emptied on the floor, okay? And, and all I could think about was that $1.75 worth of cornflakes <laughs> on the floor, okay? And I said, and you know, this is the place in the story when I wish I had told it about a friend of mine, okay? <laughs> I said, you know you're going to have to eat that, right? <laughs> now, I don't remember exactly what happened after that, but it did not leave a scar, which is good, okay? No, actually, she was... She was very gracious to her young husband who had promised her just months ago to love, honor, and cherish her, okay? But it all, I mean, we made it through. We made it through. But our families know that stuff, right? I mean, they've got those stories. Even if they don't tell them, they got them in their back pocket, right? They know how how we live with them. They know what Reggie Joyner, who is involved in writing the curriculum that we use for our students and our kids, um, what he said, he talks about the family voice. You know, the voice that we use at home when we're frustrated or angry or whatever that like people at work never hear. These people in this room, they never hear it for sure, right? They don't know we've got it, and yet our families do. They've, they've heard us use it. Our families know. We really can't hide from them. And so family relationships can be like the very best thing in life. They can be the thing that bring us the most joy. And they can also be some of the most difficult things in our lives to navigate, to work ourselves through. So it, it can be great and it can be hard. But what we know is family relationships are important. And so today we begin a new series that I'm calling House Keys. And we're thinking about the keys to developing healthy family relationships. And I'm really thinking about family in the broadest possible way. So I want us to think about how it affects our spouses, our kids. But more than that, grandparents, grandchildren, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews. The broadest way that we think about our families. Because our families really do know us so well. So... What can we learn from Scripture to help us develop healthy family relationships? And so today, I want us to begin with the first of these keys, and this one is respect, okay? Respect is really important in our family relationships. There's a famous Christian book called Love and Respect, and it's all about marriage. And in that book, the author talks about how, how men really need respect. I mean, the thing that they need from their wives is respect, and what wives need is 
unconditional love. And he bases that in scripture. And I think that that's true. Now, I mean, what we have to recognize is anytime we're taking ancient words and sort of translating them into a modern context where family relationships are a little different than they were back then, we have to apply it in new ways. And we have to recognize the uniqueness of each individual and each family. So there's some truth there. But I think even as we think about this love and respect deal that he, he begins, he, he lays out, there's a little more to it than that. And maybe even though that is a scriptural concept, sometimes the Bible can surprise us and might teach us some things that we don't expect. So today, I want us to think about respect, and I want us to begin with what might be the most familiar on this sense of respect, a passage that we've probably heard before and teaches what we would expect Scripture to teach, okay? It's found in Ephesians 5, and it's part of what we call a household code. And so Paul sometimes, in fact, oftentimes in his letters, has a section at the beginning that's very theological. That's sort of what we worked through the last few weeks in Romans, okay? That theological section. Then he has a real practical section. What does it mean to live life as a Christian, okay? And in the, the practical section of Ephesians and a couple of other of his letters, we have a household code. Now, those were common in letters that were Christian and non-Christian in the ancient world. It just says, this is how a family should operate. And so Paul tells us this is how a Christian family should operate. So he gives instructions for husbands, wives, parents, slaves even, because they were commonly part of households that were even Christian in the ancient world. And in this section, I want us to focus in on just one verse where Paul sums up what he's saying to husbands and wives. Okay, so Ephesians 5, verse 33, and Paul says this. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, so that is that husbands, you're, you need to love your wives Wives, you need to respect your husbands. That's a pretty traditional approach from Christian circles to marriage, all right? Now, I think if we simplify it that much, we've missed some of the nuance that Paul gives us and some of the information that's right here, even in this verse. Because Paul says, husbands, love your wives. But the language there is not just romantic, which is fine, part of it, but it is a deep, self-giving, self sacrificing kind of love for a spouse that lasts a lifetime. Okay, so we're talking about a guy who's willing to say, okay, whatever your needs are, and I don't just mean physical needs like house, clothes, food, that's part of it, but what do you need emotionally? What's going on in your life? What do you need from me because I'm ready to give it? Even if it means I've got to sacrifice something that, that I want, not in a woe is me kind of thing, but because I gladly want to show you just how much I love you, I'm willing to give of myself and what I have to meet your needs as, as much as possible. I mean, if we think about a guy like that, many women would want to be married to a person who approached marriage, approached them as an individual like that. It makes sense, okay. And then when we get to that word respect, Wives, respect your husbands. That, that word is a pretty strong word that Paul uses here. In fact, it's, it's closer to revere than respect. And all the women are saying, yeah, I want to revere my husband, right? Well, what it really means is to, to think highly of, 
right? To note that this is a, a person that I do respect, that I, I think he's important, that he, he matters. And a lot of us men want to know that. We want to be valued by our wives. We want to feel like, man, they look up to us as somebody who's special, okay? In, in, in whatever way, maybe different for different ones of us, but, but to have that sense that a wife has respect. So generally, and again, Paul's talking in generalizations, yeah, I think women want unconditional love, that self-giving, self-sacrificing love, and men want respect. Now, when we hear that word respect, though, sometimes I think we don't know exactly how to define Like, it's hard to put our finger on exactly what respect is. But here's what I know. When we see disrespect, we know it. When we see disrespect, not just in marriage, okay? I'm talking about like at Walmart, we can see disrespect. Most any time you go there, as a matter of fact. When we see disrespect, we know what that looks like. When there are words that demean us or make us feel small and insignificant, that's disrespect. When, we ha- when someone has words or actions that make us feel worthless, that's disrespect. When there's abuse, whether it's physical or emotional or verbal or sexual, abuse is disrespect. It's saying, I don't value you. You're worthless. You are so worthless that this is the treatment I'm giving you. That's disrespect. Even a lack of common decency in a relationship. That's disrespect. And if you listen to all those, and I think most of the examples of disrespect that we could come up with, what they communicate is you are worth less. You do not have value to me as a human being. That's what disrespect says. Okay? So if we take that, I think it's then easier to say, okay, what is respect? Respect, well, that's the things that communicate that someone is important, that they're not worth less, they're worthy right? They have value to us. So what is respect? Well, respect is probably not telling your young wife to eat food off the floor, okay? I mean, that's pretty clear. But what, what is it? Well, it's, it's when people listen to what we say, right? When they actually take the time to process what we're saying about what we think or what we feel, and even if they don't agree, even if they want to make some comment back, before they do, they actually hear what we're saying, and they listen to it, and it tells us they care. What, I, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking matters to that person, letting us know by their words or deeds that we matter, that the way they speak to us, what they do for us, that we matter, telling us that we've done something of value, saying, man, I really appreciate that you thought of me in this way. I really appreciate the way you did this. I mean, that was really important to me. It's about communicating that we have value. That's respect. Now, Paul says here, women, show your husband respect. Okay, that's the traditional approach. It's right there in the Bible. But here's where Scripture might surprise us a little bit. If we turn over to another letter that we find in the New Testament, 1 Peter, this one by another apostle, Peter, 
He's writing and, and he, he talks to women first and he says, wives, if your husband is not a believer in Jesus, this is how you should conduct yourself. This is how you deal with it. And then there's one verse that talks to husbands and this is what it says. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Peter says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you in the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So Paul says, wives, respect your husbands. Peter says, uh, Paul says, yeah, wives, respect your husbands. Peter says, husbands, respect your wives. So who's right? Which way should that go? Well, clearly, neither Peter nor Paul are claiming to have written a comprehensive guide to Christian marriage. And they're laying out some principles guided by the Holy Spirit for the way that families work. And so, they're both right. Yeah, husbands want to be respected. And Peter's saying, wives want to be respected too. And it's interesting the way he says that. He says, as the weaker partner. You know, the Kingdom New Testament translates, this, translates it this way. You men, in the same way, think out how you live with your wives. Yes, they are physically weaker than you, but they deserve full respect. They are heirs of the grace of life, just as the same as you. That way nothing will obstruct your prayers. And it's true, right? Generally, the wife is weaker than the husband physically. It's not always true. They did not call my wife's great-grandparents Little Walter and Big Nola for no reason, okay? I mean, if you saw a picture, you'd say she's probably stronger than him. Yeah. It does happen. Generally, though, okay, that this is the way that it works. And in a culture, Roman Empire, where one thing commands respect, and it's strength, whether it's physical or political, whatever you want to call it, that demanded respect in that culture. Peter says, even though your wife may be physically weaker than you, she deserves your respect. Now, the word is a different word here than it was in Ephesians. So it's not so much this revere word, but it's honor. Okay? Husbands, honor your wife. And I don't think the difference is so vast that we don't recognize that what we're talking about here is mutual respect for each other. And then Peter takes it a step further and says the reason that you owe that wife of yours respect is that you are co-heirs of the grace of God. Literally co-heirs. You both received it. You both stand before God as sinners. You both stand before God as morally broken. And you both receive grace. Now this is also in a culture in which women were assumed to be immoral, untrustworthy, don't speak the truth. Their witness would not even stand in court. And Peter says, that's not the way it works. Not in the church. Women deserve the same respect that are shown to men because God has given the same gifts. So if we take this together, I think it speaks, I think it speaks to more than just marriage. Both these passages are about marriage, but if we think about it, we have one apostle saying, 
Wives, respect your husbands because these men need to feel respected. And another apostle saying, husbands, you need to show your respect to your wives because they need to feel respected. What it teaches me is that all of us, all of us really want to feel respect from the people who are most important to us. So certainly from our spouses, but also from our kids, also from our parents, grandchildren, grandparents, whatever. We want to feel respected by these people who are so important to our whole lives. And so I'd say it this way. Respect communicates value. Respect communicates value. When we show respect to the people around us, we are saying, you matter to me. I want you as a part of my life. I want you as a part of my family. You are so important. I need you close. And so we might think of two truths that can help us put this into effect. And the first is this. Each of us wants to know that we're important. Every single one of us wants to know I matter. I matter to my spouse. I matter to my kids, to my parents, in my family relationships. People want me present because of who I am. And so we need to communicate to people, right? We need to let them know they matter. And so we listen. And so we say things that let them know, hey, you're important. I appreciate this about you. This is why you matter to me. We want to know that we're important. And so we need to show that to our families. If we want healthy family relationships, then one of the key things you can do is tell people how important they are to you. Tell people how important what they've done is to you. Second truth. We're not identical, but we have equal value to God. We're not the same, right? In marriage, not the same. Our kids are not the same. How many of us parents talk about how different our kids are, right? Even parents of twins will say, these two kids, they look just alike. They're not the same. Our parents are clearly not the same. But they have equal value to God. Just like our children, and we love them. Whether they're different or not, we love each one of them. And God loves all of that, all of us. And so we, we should offer one another respect. Now, it's clear that there are people in some families who have earned disrespect, right? I mean, they've, they've abused people in their families. I want to set that aside. That's a whole different category, right? We have to deal with that in a different way than most of the relationships we have. That's, that's something else. But for the rest of the relationships, we need to show respect. My guess is, if you think about the members of your family, I mean, family in the big sense, there are some people who are not easy to respect. This is being live streamed, so I'm not going to talk about my family, okay? <laughs> but most of us can, yeah, we can, we can talk about that. There's somebody. Did Jesus go to the cross for them? Do they matter to God? 
Yes, they do. Did they deserve our respect because of all that? Absolutely. And so today, for us, I think the key is looking in our lives and saying, who am I not showing respect for? Who am I not communicating value to? Who am I not saying, man, you are really important to me and you matter? I mean, maybe for candidates, it's our spouse. Because we haven't said anything. We haven't done anything recently that says, you matter. Surely they know, right? Well, maybe not. Or maybe our kids just, they don't really know. Or our parents don't know how much we appreciate what they did for us, even if they weren't perfect, because I know how hard parenting is, and I haven't done it perfectly. But man, we try. And how do we show that respect? How do we show that value? What do we do to communicate it? Because respect communicates value. Let's pray together. God, we're thankful for our families. Thankful for the blessing they are. And God, we pray for each family that's represented here this morning, the families in our church. And we pray for their health. And we ask that you would use this series, this teaching that's based in what you've given us to develop the kinds of families that really are healthy, developing good, strong relationships. God, help us to make respect part of that so that we respect one another and we know we are of value, most importantly, because we're, we're of value to you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and continue to worship.